This is a recording of the article titled Learning from Fish, Kinematics and Experimental Hydrodynamics for Roboticists, authored by George V. Loader and Peter G. Madden in the International Journal of Automation and Computing in the year 2006. Abstract. Over the past 20 years, experimental analysis of the biomechanics of locomotion in fishes have generated a number of key findings that are relevant to the construction of biomimetic fish robots. In this paper, we present 16 results from recent experimental research on the mechanics, kinematics, fluid dynamics, and control of fish locomotion that summarize recent work on fish biomechanics. The findings and principles that have emerged from biomechanical studies of fish locomotion provide important insights into the functional design of fishes and suggest specific design features relevant to construction of robotic fish-inspired vehicles that underlie the high locomotor performance exhibited by fishes. Keywords, fish locomotion, robotics, fin, hydrodynamics, kinematics. 1. Introduction. With over 28,000 species and half a billion years of evolutionary history, it is not surprising that fishes have diversified into nearly every possible aquatic habitat and display remarkable adaptations for locomotion in the three-dimensional underwater environment. So it is certainly natural for engineers to turn to fishes as inspiration for understanding how to move underwater as a source of new ideas on propulsive systems and to understand basic principles of unsteady motions that are not common in current human design systems, which emphasize rigid elements and stability. In the last 20 years, biologists increasingly interested in the mechanics of living organisms have undertaken many biomechanical studies of living fishes and the mechanical properties of their tissues. Just this year, two books providing an overview of fish biomechanics and physiology have appeared, and a number of recent review papers describe new results on the biomechanics of fishes relevant to locomotion through water. At the same time, engineers have increasingly begun to fashion underwater robotic vehicles based on inspiration from living fishes. As the community of researchers interested in engineering robotic underwater vehicles and biologists who have studied the biomechanics of living fishes begin to come together, this seems like a preposterous time to summarize many things of the findings from recent research on living fishes in the succinct form that will be useful to robotic designers. In this paper, we present 16 key results that we hope will be useful for roboticists interested in understanding the biomechanics of locomotion in fishes. These 16 aspects of fish locomotion represent, in our view, the most important general results that would be useful to researchers who want to use some of the most recent data from experimental studies of living fishes to design the next generation of robotic fish. For each of the 16 results, we summarize major findings and provide a sampling of the recent literature that addresses the topic as well. Our primary goal is to have this paper serve as a primer to key recent biomechanical findings in fish locomotor mechanics that have resulted from experimental studies on living fishes. Such an overview cannot be comprehensive, but hopefully will serve as an introduction to current research on the biomechanics of fishes and to key results from recent experimental studies. Two. 16 Key Results from Recent Studies of Fish Locomotor Biomechanics 2.1. Fish are statistically unstable. The center of buoyancy is below the center of mass. A hallmark of the functional design of fishes is the presence of multiple fins positioned around the body. 
While many studies of fish locomotion have focused on the pattern of body bending, fish locomotor design is characterized most notably by the presence of fins, which act as control surfaces. Fish fins are actively controlled by muscles and, as is discussed below in more detail, active fin movement is central for the maintenance of fish posture and for locomotion. Active fin control, even during hovering, is needed because fish are statistically unstable. In most bony fish, the center of buoyancy is below the center of mass, resulting in a net rolling moment if the fish is perturbed even slightly. In addition, most fish are slightly negatively buoyant, despite having a swim bladder, which can be actively filled or emptied of gas. When fish are first anesthetized, they slowly turn upside down and sink to the bottom. Some open ocean fishes, such as shark, achieve near-neutral buoyancy by incorporating low-density fats into their livers, but the vast majority of fishes are slightly negatively buoyant. For example, the blue-gilled sunfish is a commonly studied model bony fish species that has been the subject of numerous experimental designs of locomotor hydrodynamics. Drucker and Lauder found that the bluegill, approximately 20 centimeters in total length, had a submerged body weight of 3.4 millinewtons, a force that was balanced by the downward momentum of vortex rings shed by the pectoral fins during swimming. This instability of fishes may contribute to their maneuverability, as momentary imbalances and forces can be used to increase maneuvering capabilities and rapid changes in body position and direction but there is most likely an energetic cost to this instability, which requires near-constant activity of fins to hold position. 2.2. Fish fins are flexible. Fish fins are typically divided into two major classes, median, which are along the body center line, and paired, and both types of fins play an important and active role during locomotion. Although many models of fish fin function treat the fins as rigid flat plates with constant area, fish fins are anything but rigid and their flexibility is important for vectoring forces and for thrust production. Figure 3 illustrates a variety of pectoral fins, conformations, and rainbow trout. During steady swimming, the fins are held near the body, but during hovering, turning, or braking, the fin is twisted into a variety of conformations. In addition, the base of the fin can be rotated by musculature in the body wall, which reorients the entire fin surface. Figure 4 shows deformation in the sunfish pectoral fin during steady locomotion. Sunfish pectoral fins exhibit considerable change in area and shape as the fins beat. 2.3. Fish can actively control propulsive surface conformation. A little-known property of fish fins, and one that distinguishes them from insect wings and bird feathers, is that fish fins are supported by fin rays, which display a remarkable structure, allowing fish to actively control the curvature of the fin's propulsive surface. Figure 5 shows the dorsal fin of a sunfish, which has a series of rigid spines in front of flexible fin rays, termed lepidotrich. These flexible fin rays have a bilaminar structure with musculature attaching to the bases of the two halves. Differential muscle activity at the bases of the fin ray halves causes a curvature of the fin rays. This allows fish to curve their fins into oncoming flow and to actively resist hydrodynamic loading. The Young's modules for fish fin rays is on the order of 1 g pascals. A thin collagenous membrane can next adjacent fin rays and has Young's modules of 0.3 to about 1 megapascals. 2.4. 
Fish fins move in a complex three-dimensional matter. Fish fins not only are flexible, but are moved in a three-dimensional matter during locomotion, as is evident from figures three and four. This complexity of motion extends to the caudal fin or tail, which is often treated as a flat plate in theoretical models of fish propulsion or simply included in models as an undulating portion of the body. But the caudal fin, as well as other fins, move in a complex matter, even during steady swimming behaviors. The tail of sharks is particularly noteworthy in this regard, and experimental three-dimensional studies of shark pectoral and caudal fin motion demonstrate that two-dimensional analyses are not adequate to understand fin function. 2.5 patterns of 2D body undulation are very similar among fishes. The traditional categories that have been used to describe patterns of body undulation in fishes include terms such as anguliform and carangiform, which apply to eel-like and mackerel-like locomotion, respectively. A diversity of other names have been applied to swimming fishes to associate patterns of fin and body use with the exemplar species that exhibit these modes of swimming. But recently, these terms have come under considerable criticism, as it has become increasingly clear that these categories obscure important differences among species in kinematics and hydrodynamic function, and are a two-dimensional approach that ignores the three-dimensional structure of fishes and the flows generated during locomotion. Figure 6 shows body outlines taken from movies of fish swimming that illustrate three important facts. 1. A wave of bending passes down the fish from the head towards the tail during steady locomotion, and the speed of this wave is greater than swimming speed. 2. The amplitude of this wave increases dramatically near the, near the tail. And 3. The lateral side-to-side -side motion of the head is very small at low swimming speeds, but increases at higher swimming speeds. Even for eel locomotion, there is little movement of the front half of the body during slow and moderate swimming speeds a point that has not been appreciated in much of the current literature on fish swimming. Body undulatory kinematics in swimming fishes are summarized in and representative recent analyses of body bending kinematics and the muscle activity that produces body bending during locomotion are provided in. Two-dimensional analysis of fish locomotion have shown that even fishes of very different body types such as eels, trout, mackerel, and tuna show extremely similar patterns of body movement when viewed in a horizontal section during steady undulatory locomotion. All fish appear to move in a very similar undulatory matter, ignoring the labels placed on them by biologists. At the moment, relatively little is known about the diversity of force transmission system and fishes and how forces generated during body bending are passed to the skeleton and connective tissue. In particular, there is little understanding of the diversity of force transmission systems in fishes that differ in body shape and fin placement, although recent work has begun to clarify many of these issues. 2.6. Fish vary greatly in 3D shape with important hydrodynamic consequences. Two-dimensional analysis ignore the three-dimensional effects of fish shape on hydrodynamic patterns, and recent work has shown just how critical consideration of the three-dimensional shape and kinematic effects are. Figure 1 clearly shows the complex body form exhibited by most fish, with dorsal and anal fins projecting above and below the midline. These fins are actively moving during swimming, and recent estimates from experimental studies of wake hydrodynamics indicate that the dorsal and anal fins of bony fishes may contribute as much to thrust as the tail itself during steady swimming. Dorsal and anal fin thrust in bluegill sunfish is equal to the thrust generated by the tail. 
These data suggest strongly that future analyses need to take into account three-dimensional effects, and that the differences observed among species of fish in their locomotive patterns may largely be a consequence of differing three-dimensional shapes and fin use. 2.7. Fish shed vortex rings or loops into the water to generate thrust. The past seven years have witnessed a flourishing of experimental studies of fish hydrodynamics, and a major result of these studies is the demonstration that fish fins generate thrust by producing vortex rings or loops. Studies documenting vortex production by swimming fishes include research on pectoral fins, the caudal fin, and dorsal fins. Figure 7 shows the pattern of vortex ring production in bluegill sunfish swimming at a slow swimming speed with their pectoral fins alone and the pattern of vortex production by the tail of sharks. The fish tail appears to function like a propeller, generating a localized thrust wake with an observable momentum jet in fish, such as trout and mackerel. While eels generate primarily lateral momentum jets in the wake and lack a well-defined downstream momentum jet unless they are accelerating, Eels lack a well-defined tail and show little morphological variation along their length, suggesting that the different wake patterns they exhibit may result from differences between eels and other fishes in the structure of the tail and the lack of a well-defined propeller. Common to all fishes studied to date is the presence of large lateral momentum in the wake of the dorsal fin and tail. Such large side forces may be a necessary consequence of the undulatory wave that passes down the body during locomotion or may be necessary for maintaining stability. 2.8. Fishtail shape influences vortex formation patterns. Comparative analyses of the vortex wakes in fishes with symmetrical tails and fishes such as sharks or sturgeon with asymmetrical tails shows differences in the vortex wakes shed by the tail into the trailing fluid. The vortex wake generated by tails that are externally symmetrical about a horizontal axis are typically most symmetrical ring-like loops, representing a series of linked rings. In contrast, sharks have asymmetrical tails with an inclined trailing edge, which has the effect of causing the roll-up of a second vortex ring, generating a ring within a ring structure. Sturgeons have asymmetrical tails, and their vortex wake has also been analyzed. Sharks and sturgeon swim with a significant body tilt and thus a positive body angle of attack to oncoming flow. 2.9. Median fins are under active control and generate substantial locomotor force. Many studies of fish locomotion ignore the medial dorsal and anal fins to focus on patterns of body movement, but the dorsal and anal fins can generate substantial locomotor force. Bony fishes have special intrinsic muscles that attach directly to the dorsal and anal fin rays and thus can move the fins actively. Drucker and Lauder studied the hydrodynamic wake of the dorsal fin in blue-gilled sunfish and trout and found that during rectilinear steady locomotion, the dorsal fin generates substantial locomotive force with a strong side momentum comp component. Interestingly, in trout, the wake of the dorsal fin decreases as swimming speed increases, while the opposite pattern was observed for blue-gilled sunfish. Tytel estimated that the dorsal and anal fins together produce as much thrust as the tail in blue-gilled sunfish. The tail also possesses a diverse array of musculature that allows fine control of tail fin ray motion, independent of the action of the major body muscles. 2.10 Fins in series can interact hydrodynamically. 
A glance at figure one shows that the dorsal and anal fins are located just in front of the tail, which thus could move through flow that has been significantly altered by the action of the f these forward medial fins. Drucker and Lauder and Titel show experimentally that there is a substantial vortex wake shed by the dorsal and anal fins and quantified wake flow incident to the tail. A key result of these studies is the demonstration that the tail does not move through undisturbed free stream flow. Drucker and Lauder suggested that the dorsal and anal fin wake could generate increased thrust at the tail if the tail encounters flow altered to increase leading edge suction by modification of boundary layer flow at the appropriate time. Akhtar and colleagues in a computational fluid dynamic analysis using the dorsal fin and tail kinematics from the Drucker and Lauder studied show just such a substantial thrust enhancement when the tail moves through the wake of the dorsal fin. This shows that the presence of fins in series on the body of fishes could have significant effects on locomotor hydrodynamics and that fishes are very likely taking advantage of this arrangement to increase thrust at the tail. 2.11. Many fish swim using the pectoral fins alone. Some fishes do not use their body during locomotion and a number of recent studies have documented fishes that swim, often at high speeds, using their pectoral fins alone. Analysis of pectoral fin flapping kinematics have been compared rowing and flying or lift-based modes of moving the fins and have documented the extensive use of the pectoral fins as primary locomotor devices. In many fishes, the pectoral fins are used exclusively for locomotion only at slower speeds and fishes shift locomotor modes and use other fins as described in the next section. 2.12. Fish have locomotor gates. Although we often associate gates and locomotion with terrestrial movement, as when horses change from a walk to a trot to a gallop, fish have locomotor gates too. Bluegilled sunfish nicely demonstrate the phenomenon of gait changes in fishes. At slow swimming speeds of less than about 1.1 liters per second, bluegill use their pectoral fins alone to generate thrust. Small motions of the dorsal, anal, and caudal fins might also be observed at slow swimming speeds to adjust body position. Above speeds of 1.1 liters per second, bluegill recruit the red fibers only in their body musculature to power undulatory locomotion. As speed increases farther to speeds above 2.5 liters per second, bluegill recruit white muscle fibers in their body musculature to power unsteady locomotion. At these speeds and higher, bluegill use a bursting glide gait, which is unsteady and characterized by rapid bursts of swimming using only one or two tail beats, followed by a glide during which no locomotor movements are made. Fish gates thus differ from terrestrial locomotion, where different gates typically use the same muscles in different ways as speed increases. In fish, entirely different muscles or populations of muscle fibers are used as speed increases, and muscle fibers used for slower sp speed swimming are turned off and not activated at higher speeds. 2.13 Stability is a significant biomechanical problem for fish, especially at low speeds. Due to their general elongate shape and instabilities that arise from the locations of the center of mass and buoyancy noted above, maintaining body position and controlling low-speed swimming and maneuvering postures are significant problems for fishes. The fin and body of fishes have recently been shown to generate large lateral forces and these are useful for maintaining stability. 
Webb has noted that studies of the energetics of fish swimming show that fish have elevated cost of maintaining body position at slow swimming speeds, but the reasons for this increased metabolism at slow speeds above what would be predicted are still not clear. Very few studies of fish locomotion have considered local torques, and no study has yet generated an overall quantitative dynamic force balance for swimming fishes. As a result, we still have only a vague understanding of the stability problem for swimming fishes. 2.14. Fin and body motion can change radically during acceleration and maneuvering. In contrast to studies of insect wings, where differences between right and left side wing movements during turning are minor, fish fins exhibit dramatic changes in fin kinematics during maneuvering compared to steady swimming. There are relatively few studies of maneuvering kinematics in fishes despite the importance of maneuvering in the locomotor repertoire of fishes, but studies of fin motion during maneuvering that have been published demonstrate substantial fin deformation not seen during steady state swimming. Standing and Lauder show nearly right angle bending of the dorsal fin when sunfish maneuver, and Drucker and Lauder compare hydrodynamic function in pectoral and dorsal fins during maneuvering and steady swimming. The right and left side pectoral fins show dramatically different kinematics and hydrodynamic functions to vector flow momentum as fish execute turning maneuvers. Hovering can also be considered a type of maneuver, and fin conformations during this behavior also vary considerably from steady swimming. In addition, fish can use their whole body as a control surface to vector thrust in steering turns. By holding their body in a curved conformation, redirection of heading occurs. Power turns are affected by differential right-left beating of the tail. In more extreme rapid maneuvers, such as the C-start escape response, involved rapid bending of the body into a C or S-like shape before the propulsive phase moves fish away from the threat stimulus. 2.15 Fish body kinematics change in response to environmental hydrodynamic stimuli. The vast majority of research on fish locomotion has taken place in relatively low turbulence environments, either with fish in still water tanks or in recirculating fumes. But many fish swim naturally in flowing waters of high turbulence. Liao et al. studied fishes swimming in the Carmen vortex, wake behind cylinders placed in flowing waters, and demonstrated that trout can greatly alter their locomotor kinematic patterns to tune the pattern of body bending to the wavelength between oncoming vortices. Remarkably, fish swimming in a Carmen street can completely shut off body muscle activity and generate thrust passively by adjusting the angle of their body airfoil in the vortex street to generate thrust as vortices pass by. The physical basis for this mechanism of passive thrust generation was confirmed by experimental studies of a heaving and pitching foil moving in the Carmen wake of a cylinder. A great deal more work remains to be done on fishes swimming in turbulence, and it is likely that fishes have much greater ability than currently recognized to extract energy from the hydrodynamic environment in which they live. 2.16. Control of fish body and fin motion is complex but still poorly understood. Fish possess remarkable musculature control over body and fin movements, and yet we are just at the beginning of understanding how the nervous system of fish controls motion, what the sensory inputs are that provide fish with positional information on their body and fins, and how fish sense and interpret their hydrodynamic environment. For example, there are no data on the sensory information available to fishes from the surface of fins. Can fish sense the position of their fins and the extent of deformation during locomotion? 
We have no idea at present, although we suspect that such information is not only available to the fish's central nervous system, but that fishes use this information to modulate locomotor performance. By far the best studied fish sensory system is the lateral line, which forms sensors on the surface of fishes and in canals that extend down each side of the body. The lateral line system of fishes has recently been shown to sense vortices that impact the body. Input from lateral line sensors presumably is also important for fish schooling behavior. A number of studies have recorded electrical activity in the body and fin muscles of fishes, and this work gives good indication of the nature of the motor output from the central nervous system to fish fins in the body. But further work is badly needed that links motor output and sensory input which with specific fin and body kinematic patterns. Conclusions toward a closer synergy of robotics in studies of living fishes. Given the considerable progress in studies of biomechanics of living fishes over the past 20 years and the increasing integration of techniques from engineering into studies of fish locomotion, the time seems ripe for roboticists and investigators analyzing the biomechanics of living fishes to enjoy greater collaborative efforts that is common than is common at the present. While there has been some exchange of ideas and results, relatively few collaborative projects have been undertaken in which the contributions from both biologists and roboticists are evident in the final product, be it a robotic vehicle or research on fish swimming. Such collaborative research and design can only enhance the excitement currently so evident in the papers and robotic vehicles that are appearing with increasing frequency.